Welcome to In The Room, the Vital Leadership Podcast. Vital Church is a multicultural, bilingual church located in McAllen, Texas. Visit our website, vitalchurch.com, where you'll find links to all our media platforms. For now, sit in the room with us as Pastor Carla leads the conversation, Pastor Charlie adds commentary, and the Vital Church staff provides input and feedback on topics of church ministry, leadership, vision, culture, and more. We also sprinkle in a little Spanish, a little humor, and some storytelling. Let's get in the room. Welcome, everybody, to In The Room. God bless you. Good morning. Good morning. If you hear a few more voices, it's because we have a team from the Bible College at Church 1132. Let's hear it for them. Come on, guys. So, obviously, this podcast is going to be a little bit different. I have the distinct pleasure and honor of interviewing Pastor Cameron who is the youth pastor there at Church 1132. Your lead pastor is Pastor Dustin Bates, a friend of the house, a church that we love and admire. And Pastor Cameron, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your church, and tell us a little bit about yourself and this team that is here. Yeah. Well, my name's Cameron. Allen, Texas is where where we're from, around the DFW area. We have a lot of churches in that place, which I'll talk about here in just a moment. But right here, I have our college program, the College at Church 1132. It's a two-year program uh, that we do, and it's a discipleship program. And there's some of the most incredible young adults that like have ever walked the so face good. of this earth. They're, they're incredible. Uh, they're fun. Uh, they're like my spiritual children. That's what we we joke around. So no, but they are they're awesome, and we're at a church at uh, Church 1132. We have. Uh, we had four campuses. We I don't know if you know that. We just went down to three campuses. We okay. did a merger because we got a building in Frisco wow. right by the Star, which is <laughs> permanent facility. God opened a door for it. I mean, it's a miracle building. Wow. But we got three in the DFW Metroplex, and our church is just, it's incredible what God's doing. You know, our church name, Church 1132, comes from a scripture, Daniel chapter 1132. In the midst of a dark time and a, and a bad time in Daniel, it says, but the people that know their God will be strong Come and on. do great exploits and we really exist to be a place for everybody to really know God and I, and I love it because that word know it's not just talking about knowing about head knowledge but it's actually being able to experience and our heart is that every generation from the youngest of young to the oldest of old be able to experience God and that's what we strive for that's what we pray for that's what we believe for and that's what we're seeing and I think uh, you know we, we put a huge emphasis on the next generation and we love it because even with with everyone in this room like this is just the fruit of that being able to see we're, we're going to invest in the next generation in the education of the next generation we're not just going to let the universities disciple them right because mm, we're yeah. going to make sure that we are discipling them according to the word and raising them up so i um 32 years old uh, i got an incredible wife spencer she's at home with kids we just had our third baby so have a uh, wild <laughs> we have a three-month-old a 20-month-old and a three-year-old. Wow. So uh, she couldn't come to this, which she's super, super sad about because she always joins. But me and her oversee the youth and young adults, and we help. We're one of the directors of this college program, and we love it. Have the greatest pastor in the world, Pastor Dustin Bates, who's just so incredible. Shout out and to Pastor, pastor Dustin. Dustin. We love you, Pastor Dustin. He's a man. <laughs> and so, yeah, so we're, we're blessed, and we're, we're really excited to be here. I can attest to this explosive nature of Church 1132, what God is doing. And uh, I've been following your story. I love the story from the inception and 
uh, the previous pastor, the founding yeah, pastor, yeah. and how he turned that over to basically the next generation yep. in Pastor Dustin and all of you guys, uh, and how he honored the anointing on Pastor Dustin, and then now how Pastor Dustin continues to honor him and the entire church continues yep. to honor him. And speaking of honor, that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. In leadership, in church culture, uh, we, we use the term a lot, but we need some practical advice, Cameron. Yeah. We yeah. need, how do we honor? How, what are the steps that we need to take? What is the approach that we need to have in establishing honor as a culture, I would say, yeah. uh, in our church? And so I'm going to let you kind of uh, elaborate and I'll yep. stick around for some color commentary and yep. uh, we'll start the conversation. Yes. No, that's awesome. I think if... There's one thing that's been modeled at our church. You know, again, you were mentioning Pastor Steve, who was our founding pastor. Our church was growing. I mean, it was exploding. God was moving. People were getting saved. You know, in Acts 2, it talks about being added to their numbers daily. Like, that's that's what was happening. Yeah. In the middle of a move of God, God spoke to our founding pastor, Pastor Steve, and said, Pastor Dustin, who was our youth pastor, crushing it. That's where I got saved in the middle of that move of God. And uh, he said this, that God spoke to Pastor Steve and said he feels like Pastor Dustin's going to lead more people to Jesus wow. than he is, so to give him the church. My goodness. For me, that's my only frame of reference of church world, and I didn't know that was not normal, but whenever that is, I— That is not <laughs> normal. <laughs> I, can, just, I can tell you it's not normal. And I mean, Pastor Steve, I mean, he's— incredible but i think he was only like just turned 50 years old My when this goodness. happened right yeah. like yeah he's i'm not still... even that that's not that much ahead of me i'm like Correct. 16 years i'll be like 50 mm -hmm. years old so it's like for him in the prime he's just stepping into so much that that god has for him that he had promised him he's like oh no god says give him the church that has been my point of reference for when it comes to honor i've seen it modeled wow. and I, I really think it's one of the most important things any church can model and i just I think y'all do such a good job at this, Pastor Charlie. I know you just, Thank the way you honor your staff, the way you care about people, but honor, when you define it, the reality, it's it's giving worth to, it's showing value to. When I was first trying to really be able to describe honor, I was looking up different stuff in the dictionary and I was looking at the Bible, but there's that scripture where it talks about Jesus, he was in his hometown and he could not do miracles. Absolutely. Sometimes to know what something is, it helps us know what something is not. Correct. They say bank tellers, if they want to know real versus fake money, it's yes. not that they handle the real thing. They actually, it's by them handling the fake money that helps them understand what's real. Right. And so when it comes to honor in that scripture, in that story, when Jesus, he's in his hometown, not able to do miracles because they did not honor him, mm. it wasn't like they were sitting there being mean to him. Because that's what, in my mind, the opposite of honor and right. giving value is, oh, it's being rude to. It's not caring about, no, it's treating as ordinary. It's common, yeah. It's common. Yeah. And so I remember I saw that and I was like, man, so like dishonor, it's biblical. It's different. God takes it to a different standard. Right. And I think the world might say, oh no, you're being dishonorable if you're talking about, if you're being rude to. No, that's just being downright ungodly. <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> biblical dishonor is me treating people as just normal as common. and common. As ordinary, yeah. And so it's like, you know, we, we know Jesus came and he's taken things to the heart. He's taken it to a new level. And that's what he, I think he did with, with honor. He's like, hey, if you treat people just as they're ordinary, if you treat people as just normal, like that's, you're, that's, you're dishonor. this, that's dishonoring. You know, there's uh, this scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 10, that says that we need to honor others above ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so the way that you would treat yourself you need to go above and beyond towards others. That's so true. It's so true. And I think um, it's Second Peter 
2, 17, where it says a few other things, but it mm-hmm. says this, it says honor everyone. And I think we talk about this where sometimes I think people can get mixed up flattery and honor. And if I only honor the people above me or people that can maybe do something for me wow. or whatever, like that ends up becoming into, to turning into just flattery. And so that, that is, it's honor everyone. And we, we have a saying, I, we inherited it from someone, but we took it as our own, but honor goes up, down and all around. Yeah. And bottom line, it's like, I have to honor absolutely everyone. And I'm one day I want to write a book on honor because I really, it's become dear and near to my heart. I think I'm where I am today because I was able to, to catch the revelation of what honor does and how it helps. But there is certain ways like how I honor my pastor might, is going to be different from how I honor maybe the people next to me. And when the people under me, how I honor them might look a little different, but like honor, it's just giving value to. So how I give value to my pastor might look different to how I give value to these colleagues students who I'm who I'm raising wow. up but it's the same like it's the same thing I'm, I'm loving them I'm honor isn't about the other person it's really about me I don't honor people because they deserve honor I honor people because I'm an honorable person Come on. and it's like this it's this mindset of yes. like no and like what we want to get into our volunteers we want to get into church staff when, when I'm helping people and and I'll hear different stuff about you know, church culture, how it can be really bad. I'm sure you right, talk to right. people all the time. A lot of it, what it comes down right to, it's an honor problem. Yeah. People are not honoring each other. Yeah, can I tell you that last week's podcast, we ended on this subject of honor. That's not what the podcast was about, but we ended with a saying that honor is a two-way street, but I like your, mm. I like your saying better, honor goes up, down, and all around. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna adopt that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also last week, I had the opportunity to speak to a young man. He's in his mid-30s, he's an evangelist and itinerant preacher. And uh, one of the things that he asked me about my story, wanting to get familiar with Vital Church and how it came to be, he says, how did you transition from being a youth pastor to planting a church? Mm. So in that context, I was able to, to tell him that I feel, in retrospect, that I stayed at my church two years too long. Mm. And early on in the church plant, when I began to see that God was moving and the church was growing, I asked myself, I said, God, where would we be if I would have left two years prior? Wow. But the reason why I stayed two years too long, I feel, was just out of honor. Yeah. I didn't want to dishonor the house. I didn't want to dishonor the pastor. I didn't want to damage what God was doing in that season for the church. So I was a little bit hesitant and apprehensive just because if I got the timing wrong, would it be dishonorable to the house? And so when I prayed to the Lord once the church was planted and I said, I feel like I wasted two years. The Spirit of God spoke to me and said, honor is never wasted. Oh, it's so good. Honor is never wasted. If you waited in honor... It's not wasted. And I can definitely tell you, and everybody here in the staff can attest to this, we feel that God has accelerated our process because we sowed time in honor to young ministers, youth pastors, pastors in waiting. You're waiting for your moment. I would say, listen, this is my personal advice. I'd rather you wait a little too long in honor than to get ahead of yourself and skip the process that God has uh, for you. Because there's no one in the Bible. I know we live in the viral age. Mm-hmm. People become overnight sensations with, right. with a cute video, <laughs> with a funny video. And sometimes we think that translates into the church world, but there's not one example in the Bible of anybody that did anything worth noting that did not have to go through a process. Yeah. All right? Yeah. And that's because God's not just preparing you. He's building the character that Amen. you're going to need yep. for that next season that's in your right. life. Right. Carla. 
I just want to share the scriptures that you referenced, both yes. you and Pastor yeah. Cameron. So, Han, you referenced Romans 12, 10, which is, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Yes. Come on. So that was Romans 12, 10. And then 1 Peter 2, 17 says, show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. And another version says, honor the king. Mm. So Come I on. just wanted to share the so scriptures. Good. So good. Um, so how do you go about honoring others when you don't really value and honor yourself the way that you should like let's say you're in a season where you're struggling with loving yourself like how do you go about honoring others in my experience sometimes when you give the grace that you have not experienced yourself god heals you yeah we see the story of joseph the dreamer genesis what is it 37 to about chapter 45 his family there was a pattern in his family it was all about rivalry it was all about vengeance. If you do something to me, I'm going to do something worse back. But there comes that point in chapter 42 where Joseph forgives his brothers. And the Bible says that he cried so loud that it was heard over at Pharaoh's house. So you can imagine that there was a lot of feelings in that cry of his when he was forgiving his brothers. But the beauty of that forgiveness is that that had never, that was not anything that the family had ever done. The family had never experienced forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And Joseph broke with that. He told his brothers, God sent me before you. Don't feel bad that you threw me in a pit. That was necessary yeah. for what God was going to do in my life. And he says this, I'm not going to harm you. I'm going to give you the best land. I'm going to give you the land of Goshen. And I want you to bring your families and your children and bring dad. And when he gave the grace that he had needed back when he was a teenager that he never got, his heart healed. Yeah. And I believe that that cry was his heart literally healing. So and so sometimes, uh, to answer your question, you might not have experienced honor. You may not honor yourself. But as you begin to practice, because see, there's, there's power in the word yeah, in right. and of itself. That's right. Irregardless of my experience, the word is power. It is the breath of God. Yep. And as you begin to obey the word and exercise the word, sometimes you're going to walk into your own healing. As you honor others, you're going to learn to honor yourself. As yeah. you forgive others, you're going to learn to forgive yourself. Yeah. As you love others, you're going to learn to love yourself. Yeah, Karen. that is so good. I mean, I echo everything you said. But I was just thinking like practically, I think one thing for me, I had a really difficult time because of my past. I, I had a hard time allowing other people to love me because I was so insecure about what I went through and what, what happened to me. And uh, I'm actually, tomorrow for youth, I'm gonna be speaking on Numbers chapter 13, talking about they wanted to step into the promise, the 12 spies went in, but 10 of them, because of how they viewed themselves. They didn't have a revelation of like how, what, how God saw them. This is coming to me, but I think with vision, vision, true godly vision isn't seeing things the way you see them, it's being able to see the way God sees them. And I think if we can fight and I mean, like, and, and you, sometimes you got to tear, you got to go through past hurt and past pain, but to truly be able to see ourselves the way God sees us. Sure. And I think practically what that would look like for me, I had to look at God's word, like you just said. Yes. And God, you said I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on. Lord, you say I'm not a mistake. You say I am chosen. You say I'm enough. I wish sometimes things, you know, in the Bible, you see there's some things that happen instantaneously, yes. which is awesome. There's some things that are a process and you have to walk out 
for me, it's been a process for me truly being able to love myself, honor myself, and believe what God says about me. Mm. And so I think when it comes to like honoring yourself, some practical things you can do, just what Pastor Charlie said, find a Bible verse because it is everything. Yes. That's where the power comes from. Yes. Okay, God, according to your word, you say, I am enough. You say that you love me no matter what, like, and find it and just repeat it back to him and say it till you believe it. And I'm telling you, that process of you being able to believe what God says about us and what God says about you, it, it will do something. And you'll start to be able to honor yourself, love yourself. Because again, I do think it says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, if you don't love yourself, it's hard right. to love your neighbor. Right. It's hard to honor your neighbor. And so, so it's just a good, sometimes we see people and it's like, oh, they just hate the world. No, they probably just hate themselves. Yeah. And God's working out. <laughs> It, you know, true. and so practically, I think how that could walk out. It's like, man, find those Bible verses, write it on your mirror, put it in your car, where you yeah. always just repeat it over you. Even Jesus, he waited mm. for the approval of the Father. Yeah. Before he worked a single miracle, before he told a single parable, before he so preached good. a single sermon, he first had to hear the words of the Father: "This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." Amen. Out of that approval, God's approval empowers you. Yes. And, you know, with people, it's your performance that mm -hmm. garners approval. Yeah. But with God, it's his approval that produces performance That's right. in your life. And again, just to echo what you are saying, when you know it's not about what you feel, mm -hmm. it's about what the word says about you. There's nothing more deceitful than the human heart. And so yep. sometimes we're down on ourselves, yep. but God's not down on us. Yep. He approves us. All of you here are here because God approved of you. God called you. Yep. All of you have a story and experience of when God dealt with you and that yep. this was your course for life and that you were going to do ministry yep. in one sphere or another. That is God saying, you are my beloved son. You're my beloved daughter. You're my mm. beloved child in whom I am well pleased. And because I have approved you, now you are empowered out of that approval to do everything that I've called you to do. So good. Incredible. Incredible. How do you honor from a youth pastor to a senior pastor? I think yeah. that's another question that yeah, no, that's so we need to good. address. Which, by the way, it doesn't have to be youth pastor youth right. to, to senior pastor, but just how do you honor those that are above you? Yep. You know, I think it's funny because I remember back in uh, when I was a college student, we, it was called the internship back in the day. And the way I would honor Pastor Dustin or in my mind, I thought I was honoring him was that he would leave his keys, you know, in his office. He'd be in a meeting. I'd run, grab his car and go get it washed for him. Right. Okay. He loves a, He's like very... Yeah. Very particular about having his car like perfectly clean okay. all the time. So I would go do that. And I thought it was like the acts of service that I did. Wow. And honestly, I think sometimes this is some of the biggest mistakes that wow. leaders can make, thinking that it's what I have to do. Like I have to buy something. I have to, I have to do this. I have to get them something. I have to say a bunch of things. Oh, that was the best message I've ever heard. I think that's great. I think you should do that. You should right. let people know, uh, you know, if something spoke to them or was meaningful to you. But I started to realize if I'm serving under someone, the greatest way for me to honor them isn't about what I uh, give them. It's me making sure when they speak something to me, when they say something to me, that I'm like a good steward of the time that they're pouring into Ooh, me. Oh, that's good. And I think honor is, isn't as much about, oh, this is what I can do for you. It's, man, I'm gonna make sure, as a youth pastor, I'm making sure that my area is taken care of. Mm. I'm making sure that when it comes to youth, Pastor Dustin doesn't have to spend time worrying right. about what I'm doing in youth or young adults or the college because he has enough on his plate. Yes. 
Master Charlie has enough on his plate with what he's doing. He doesn't want to have to worry about some of the other things. He wants to be involved and he wants to know about it because yes. he cares. He wants to know what God's doing in your life. But it's like, he wants the, the best way to honor him or honor whoever is just, okay, I give him some advice. I'm going to take that advice. I'm going to actually apply it. I want to be good soil, yes. right? For, for what my leaders say to me. And I think that's next level of honor. I think it comes from a prideful heart sometimes when we're doing things to get noticed and we're yes. doing things like, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. And it's honestly, I don't know how much that, that rewards us. John Bevere wrote a book. It's called Honor's Reward. Mm -hmm. I actually haven't read it, but I've listened to a lot of different podcasts and everything. <laughs> it, and yeah. it's, it's incredible. But there is a reward that comes from honor. But for me, I don't want to honor my pastor with my words. I want to honor him with how I live my life. Am I living pure? Am I, I living according to biblical standards? Am I being an example to the people? You know, because I want to represent God more than anyone, but I also want to represent like our church well. I want to represent my pastor well. And by doing that, it's just me living, living right according to the word. I can tell you on the flip side, from the senior pastor's perspective, what you are saying is 100% right because it brings me, for example, much more satisfaction to see our congregation, the people in the church, embody the principles that we preach about, that we teach about, that we counsel about, and then see them prosper. Yeah. And then see their children prosper. Yeah. And see God bless and bestow favor upon their homes and their marriages. That's much more fulfilling than if they were to wash my car. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And then the other thing is that as pastors, as much as we want to be impartial, we're human. Yeah. And there is an inclination, and this is just me being transparent, there's more of an inclination towards the people that we know are going to steward our counsel well mm -hmm. and the people that are just going to toss it yeah. to the wind. Like, we know. We catch on that. And when you come back, if you're one of these people that, man, you took what we said and, and you put it into action, we're going to freely and joyfully continue to pour into you. Yeah. Sometimes I've found, even with honoring my senior pastor's time, I was just sure. thinking about this, that sometimes like he doesn't always have time to have like a 30 minute meeting with me. <laughs> Correct. You know, I mean, if I ever need it, without a doubt, he would drop everything if I need Correct. I know you would like, if someone needs you, like, yes. you know, your, your people are the priority. But what I have found is that sometimes it helps if I like do need something to be like, hey, as I'm honoring time, hey, I got three questions I need to ask. Can I have literally two minutes after a staff meeting? I can grab him, ask these questions real quick. Because again, I'm trying to honor his time. I come prepared to meetings. I, I just, I do what I need to do to make sure that like, I'm not just coming like, hey, so what do you want to talk about? What do you think? No, it's like, hey, pastor, this is what I have for you. This is what I want to know. And go from there. That's just a way, practical way to honor time. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at my, at my wife as you speak because that's something that she ingrains, right? And she always pounds, like, come prepare to meetings. Yeah, and, it's so good. Uh, and even with our servant leaders, when they're going to have meetings with their volunteers, it's like, use us at the office as a filter and let us, you know, enrich your... Um, your agenda, your outline, your conversation, because we feel that part of honor is honoring somebody's time yeah. and, and being prepared and yeah. showing up on time is yeah. another way Absolutely. to honor. Um, one thing uh, <laughs> I learned, you're in charge of 
carrying over every ministry right. in this in this house. Right. And even some of the ones with the outreach, some of those, I mean, you're, yes. you're, you're overseeing so much. So for me as a youth pastor, and I think whatever area you would be over, if there's anyone from any, any church ministry or any type of ministry, if you have a meeting with your boss, I think it's important not to just come with questions, but maybe a couple different solutions mm. that you thought through as well. So it's like, okay, this is an issue we have. The projector keeps going out. We have these options. We can either get a new one. It's going to cost this much. I checked the budget. This is my, how much we have. Uh, or we can hire someone to come and fix it. It would be this much and it might be able to like, and you just come and you do the research. So then all they have to do is help you make decisions, make decisions. Yeah. versus they have to use their brain power to be able to, to think through solutions for your area. That is extremely helpful. One of the things that I wanted to point out, because you started with this story about Jesus and how he didn't find honor in his hometown. Yeah. And Jesus forever establishes a connection between honor and the supernatural. Yeah. Because he says, there's not a prophet without honor except in his own hometown. And then the scripture says, and he could Could not not perform miracles. Yeah. It didn't say he wouldn't. It says he couldn't. Couldn't. God will not operate supernaturally in a culture where honor is absent. Yeah, I think that is just... I remember when I first came, I came and spoke a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and I loved how you and your wife would just, anyone that would come around of your staff, you would just introduce me. And mm-hmm. like, hey, this is my, because you love your staff and you care about them. And I think, I don't know, you could just tell in your team how much everyone feel they know they're valued and they know they're cared for. Mm-hmm. I say all that to say, honor starts with, I think the senior pastors mm. and it goes down. I think one massive thing is that we need to understand is that if we want honor to be a value in our church where we can see the supernatural, mm. I mean, we got to talk about it. Yes. We have to make sure people don't know what they don't know. And so I want to make sure I know that it's a value. When I have team meetings, if I want it to break out in kids ministry, like when I'm with my team, I want to talk about honor mm. before like, hey, this is something. And I go through our values as a church. Hey, this is what I value. We value honor. But I think when it comes to the to the supernatural, when you think about that story, the context of that story, he came to his hometown. He's in a room like this. He's trying to do what he does. He wants right. to do it. He yeah. wants it. It is his will to heal. It Come is on. his will to show up in the supernatural. Yes. We understand that he doesn't always happen. There are some things we we do not understand. Secret things belong to the Lord. Right. But like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, right? And Daniel, God can save us. He will save us. But even if he doesn't, that's our, that is our stance when it comes to the supernatural. But put yourself in that story. Jesus wanted to heal, but he couldn't because there are some people that were in that room Probably you were sitting next to him and you would have not known who was honoring, exactly. but it, it was a heart thing. Honor, it's again, it's a, it's a heart thing. So because there are people in that mm-hmm. room, some of them decided not to honor, mm-hmm. it, it ruined it for the whole service. That's absolutely right. And like, I was just thinking like, how many services have I gone into and wow. I wasn't intentional about honor to where like I, instead of helping God break out, I was actually holding him back because I lacked wow. honor. I think when you want to create a culture of honor where the supernatural can break out, we have to teach people that the way they honor matters. I mean, I think if everyone in a service were like, I'm honoring the Lord, I'm in worship, I'm engaged, who knows what can happen? Like you have no idea. But also on the other side, my lack of honor, treating things like common, oh, I've heard this message before. Mm. It's like, oh, it's the same song we sang before. Oh, I don't know this song. I don't want to sing this. What what is this? Lion by Elevation Word? Like what? I've never heard this one. And so we end up disengaging because it's like, I don't know it. And what we are doing is we are holding back from reaching the level that God wants us to step into for that service. So 
Yeah. So I don't know if that, if that answers awesome. that. That's but. awesome. I think we have a, a comment or a question here. Um, I was just wondering if y'all could give some practical advice on how to honor a government with like laws and standards that you don't agree with. It's like, I struggle with like, if I find something and I'm like, that doesn't line up with biblical standards, I kind of like go hard at it because I feel like it's like a, a tolerance thing for me. I don't want to like tolerate it. But how do you find a balance where it's like you're honoring, but not like shrinking back just like as a believer? Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> We're looking at each yeah, other. We're going to tackle that one first. You know, I'll just say, when I read that in, in I think it was First Peter, Second Peter, right. but where it said, love everyone, but it's like, honor the government, love the emperor, honor the king. And I think we know we have to honor Correct. everyone. And I think that's where, one, I need to know when it comes to showing honor. Again, I honor because I'm an honorable person. Correct. Because when I look at people, whether they know it or not, they were created in the image of God. And that yes. enough is a reason for me to be able to show them honor. Now, on the flip side, I feel like a new era as yes. a church where I think there are some people where there have been some very unbiblical standards For and sure. things. And I think people are getting way more bold than I've ever seen. Yes. Being passive isn't gonna cut it, but I also think like we have to do it in an honorable way. I would never tell somebody what they need to vote on, mm, you correct. need to vote this, but I will tell them what the what the Bible says right. about this. Because again, right. we don't vote based on party. I would vote Democratic if they were more if they had more Christian values right. than a Republican, yeah. vice versa. So all that to say, I think we just have to make sure we know like God's in control. We honor because we're honorable. Now, if they're asking me to do something that is against what what my belief says, I'm not going to do it. Correct. Right. So, but I think it's just, I honor people no matter what. I love people no matter what, but I'm sticking true to what God's called me to stick true to. I think we can disagree without dishonoring. Absolutely, it's so good. And again, you mentioned it earlier, it has to do with your heart. Yeah. Uh, sometimes your beliefs won't line up to a governing authority. And in that case, I think that the way that you honor is you also pray for them. Yeah. Because it's disagreeing great. with them so really doesn't do much for them or for us. Right. But there's power in prayer. Yeah. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. We can't forget that we have that weapon on our behalf. Now, yeah. I'm with you, though. Uh, when you have to compromise your Christian faith or beliefs or convictions, then there is a time and a place for civil disobedience. There is a time and a place uh, for standing up for what you believe in. And, and you also have to be ready for whatever consequence that may bring. So true. I think more and more we're coming into an age where we have to be ready to go to jail for Jesus. Yeah, it's if, true. If, if it means that. Yeah. Uh, but going back to your point about standing up for what you believe and, and we don't vote along party lines necessarily. I agree with you. I won't tell somebody who to vote for, but I will tell them to protect the unborn, for example. Absolutely. When it comes to politics, I love an illustration by Pastor Tony Evans, who's from your area. Yeah, yeah. He says, we're the third team on the field, right? Yeah. There's the offense, there's the defense, but there's always a third team on the field, which is the referees. Mm. We're the third team on the field. Right. And, and we have a book and we legislate and we lead right. according to the book. Book, so good. Because the moment that I pick a side, I become a fan. Wow. But if I stick to the book, right. amen, yeah, if, if I stick to the book, I'm going to judge correctly. Yeah. And I need to be willing to throw a flag on either party. You know, there's yeah. people in this church that vote Democrat. Yeah. And I tell them, you might have your reasons, but you also have to call the flag. Yes, absolutely. You know, we, we have to call the flag on Republicans when 
something comes up that is not godly. Yeah. And so I think that if we maintain that, we honor God, and when we honor God, he gives us favor with the people. So good. Amen. So I think good. we had a comment here. Go ahead. Yeah, going one step further, maybe be honoring people. How would, what's the importance of honoring not just the person but their vision uh, for like an organization or even even like a program like this? How do you honor like the like someone like not a person but like a program or like a vision? You said it earlier, being ready, doing the legwork, so as to bring the team or the leader uh, less work and to honor their time. Yeah. And one of the things that I've learned is that order, mm, structure, yes. yes organizations right. that is honoring to the holy spirit That's right That's remember right. that it's the holy spirit that is the active agent among yep. us nowadays yep. and the bible says that he is a spirit of order yeah in fact genesis 1 verse 1 says that in the beginning and god created the heavens and the earth and then it says that the spirit was hovering over the land and could not establish himself was because it was empty yeah. and it was disorderly yeah. and so i think that's a big lesson for us church leaders yeah, yeah. a culture of organization and structure and systems is honoring to the holy spirit yeah. amen? amen it's honoring and so in your realm to answer your question if you get this those things right you know if your heart's in the right place and you have your area well structured well organized and you are well informed and you are contributing to the vision of of the church then when we release what's in our hand god's going to release what's in his hand so good so good abraham we have another uh, comment here how can you honor something that maybe you don't agree with which was i think was the, the original premise sure i think some of us or maybe all of us have some sort of experience with that maybe we've ser served under leadership yeah. they weren't good situations they weren't great situations and then there comes a point where you're at a crossroads of okay Am I enabling a behavior that is toxic? Am I enabling mm. a culture that no longer is godly? Uh, but there's another part of the honor that even if we go to the definition, well, the, the obvious one is to regard with high esteem, but there's also the part of fulfilling an agreement. Mm. Uh, Charlie spoke to uh, his experience. He's my younger brother. And he spoke about having stayed too long, maybe two years too mm -hmm. long, but God honored yeah. that. Well, there was a certain respect and agreement that he had made to that ministry that he decided, you know what, I'm going to err on the side of honoring the house. Yeah. So what do we call when, when you make a contract? Well, there's two parties. Yeah. You pay for a service and then you have the person that's performing the service. What do you call it? We honor, we honor our part of the agreement. Yeah, correct. We honor right. our contract. That's so good. If somebody broke a contract, well, they didn't honor right. the contract. Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with personal conviction. Yeah. Come on. If that conviction is stronger on the side of, hey, this is the part where I don't have to agree with everything, but I'm going to honor my side of it and yeah. then let God do what he does. Yeah. yeah. And if there's something to unmask and there's something to, to bring to light, maybe that's God's territory you know to that end the other way that you honor the vision is you multiply the yeah. vision you multiply yourself yeah uh, one of the things that we're really proud of in our staff is that there's nobody on paid staff that did not volunteer first mm. yeah yeah and that's just a personal thing we yeah. kind of caught on to it maybe about two years ago we wasn't anything we did on purpose yeah but as you serve the vision and we were able to see and kind of spot talent and recruit and say hey this person serving for free yeah. What if we gave them the opportunity to come on full time? Imagine how much more they would do for yeah. the kingdom. 
And we just discovered that there's nobody better to run with your vision than somebody who's willing to sit under it and serve it. Yes. And so, again, when you do that for your leader, for your church, for the vision that you are under, God is going to reward you, yep. you know, because that's his nature. God is a rewarder. Yep. Amen. We have another comment. How do you honor a non-believer not agreeing with, like, everything they do sin-wise, but, like, in the intention of leading them to Christ? Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to have, you know, people in your life that that maybe aren't saved. And again, yeah. they're not in my closest circle. Because right. again, I think who who your friends are, say say a ton, who's in, who's the people closest to you really does matter. But for example, my brother, uh, I have a brother and he is not saved whatsoever. I mean, right. doesn't know the Lord, anything. Well, my way of doing that is honestly like, the Bible talks about this. I'm not going to judge people outside the church as I the same way Correct. I would judge them in the church. So for me, I let the way I live my life yes. be a conviction for them. That's what will convict them more than anything. When they when they see how I live my life, when they see me go through hard times, when they see how I respond, when they see how I deal with heartbreak, when they see how I deal with disappointment, like right. there's something about that that is one of the greatest witnesses that you could ever have. Um, I think his name is St. Augustine did this. He says he has a quote and it says, preach the gospel every day, sometimes using words. Yes. And the, yeah. the heart behind it was like, man, there's something about you living your life, showing people how you live because of what God did in your heart without you even saying words. One of our staff, her name's uh, Val Garza. She makes it happen on our church. She oversees all our social media, all of our communications. We worked at a place called IPIC and it's like this fancy movie theater. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, it's incredible. I was I was the best server that ever ever worked there. Yes. Self-proclaimed. Yes. Self-proclaimed. Yes. I'd be like, I'm the best server that ever went there because that's what I tried to, tried to be, <laughs> but not be. really. But um, she was wild. I mean, not saved whatsoever. And she was talking about partying all the time. She had a very unhealthy relationship with a guy that was just, it was toxic, mm -hmm. super sad. And she was, you, you knew Val Garza was living in sin. You knew she was doing whatever she wanted to do. Well, over the months I befriended her and one, I was at my job. I worked hard practically. It was right. a really good, you're not going to respect someone who doesn't work hard, but how they, she saw me live my life. I would talk about Jesus here and there, but like more just ask her how she's doing. And me and my wife had just befriended her. We, we worked at the same place. Well, after a few months of her seeing how we lived our lives, she started to realize that there was something different about us. Yes. We were so joyful. We worked hard. Even in stressful times, we were able to keep our composure. And it was something most people at this restaurant, if it was a hectic time, they would be mm. cussing up a storm. Yes. And we would help each other out while other people maybe were just more cared about their section, their tables, doing what they, we would try to help each other. Well, long story short, one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to invite Val to church. Yes. Invited her to church. And because of how she saw me witness my life, I never once told her what she was doing was wrong. I never once told her that she shouldn't be doing this or shouldn't be doing that. I just let my life speak and preach uh, without using any words. Well, I invited her one day. She came to service, gave her life to Jesus, got rocked. And I'm telling you from that moment, wow. there was an instantaneous, just a life change that happened. She left everything, walked away from everything, followed God. Now she did our college program, got saved. She's about to get married now yeah. to a godly man. It's like, and so all that to say, when it comes to that, I think it's like, Again, I don't have, I can disagree with people and still honor him. Yeah. And by me living my life in a way that God's called me to live, it's going to speak to them and be able to, to it's going to bring them closer to Jesus, I believe. So, yeah, just to give you a biblical reference to everything that you just mentioned, I think of Gideon's story. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that he won against the enemy with two weapons. One was a trumpet, the other one was 
uh, torches. They had to break the lamps yeah. and light up the torches. And I think that's a reflection of the believer's life. Yeah. Sometimes we're called to be trumpets mm. and you have to preach yep. and you have to speak and you have to be bold. Absolutely. But there are settings where you just have to be a torch. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be a light it's with great. people that don't, don't know the Lord. Yes. There's a scripture in, uh, in the Bible and I was trying to pull it up and I think I found it here. In John chapter 2, verse 23 to 25, it says, because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him, but Jesus didn't trust them. Because he knew all about people and no one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. So there are friends that are going to trust you. It doesn't mean you trust them. It's so good. In other words, you have to be able to discern what God's purpose in the relationship or in the friendship is for you. Yeah. For some people, you're just in their lives because God put you there to be a reflection of Jesus yeah. for them. There's people that you're going to be an influence on without letting them influence you. Absolutely. Yeah. There's going to be people that you're going to love on even if they don't know how to love you. Yeah. Understand? And so I think just discerning that is going to help us go a long way as far as our friendships and great. you know with people that don't know Amen. Uh, the Lord. So good. Uh, I, I was reading this really cool story, Cameron, and, and we'll start winding down, about Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was uh, considered, you know, the greatest home run hitter of his time till this day, one of the greatest baseball players ever. Yeah. And he autographed tons of baseballs, but he only autographed seven home run bats in his entire career. And one of those seven bats completely vanished, disappeared. Nobody knew where it was. Uh, and it resurfaced in 2006. It was a bat that he had used to hit a home run in 19... 23. And in 1988, there was a man that was sick on his deathbed, and he had no living relatives. And to honor the nurse that took care of him all those years, he pulled out that bat and gifted it to her. Now, she didn't know anything about sports or baseball. He tried to tell her, hey, this is valuable. But for the next 18 years, she kept the bat under her bed. When she retired from nursing and she had a dream of opening the restaurant, she realized she didn't have enough money she remembered about the bat. I wonder how much it's worth. And she went to a local memorabilia shop, and the owner was shocked. Long story short, in 2006, they auctioned off the bat for $1.3 million. Wow. And she used a portion of that to start her restaurant, and she donated the rest, listen to this, to a foundation for children that was close to Babe Ruth's heart. When they interviewed her about the donation, she said this, the bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it. Since he made it valuable, the only reasonable thing I could do was to do something that would honor his life. Oh. Man, that is Ooh. a powerful story yeah. of how you honor. Yeah, that's so good. Amen? Amen. How do you honor? Do something honorable yeah. with your life. Yes. Going back to the very first thing you said, right? Do something. How do you honor God? How do you honor your leaders? How do you honor your church? How do you honor the vision? Do something honorable with all the deposits that those people and God and His Spirit have made into your life. That's so good. Yeah, I was just thinking about this. Um, 
Pastor Steve, our founding pastor, he he has a saying that he always says, and he's big on legacy, and mm -hmm. God cares about legacy, and he always says this, the life you lead mm. is the legacy you leave. Come on. The life you so lead, and I think the greatest way for you to live your life is a life lived with honor. Yes. For me, I want to honor my kids. I want to honor my wife. I want to honor my everyone around me. If you live an, live a life of honor, I think ultimately that's one massive way that you honor God. Yes. Love love God with all your all your heart. And the second one is just as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. Like there, there's something about that. And so I love that. That's so good. Come on, Lord, give me a Babe Ruth bat. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what we. You touched on this. Who are we supposed to honor? Biblically speaking, you want to start honoring at home. Honor your parents. Again, this is not a matter of whether they deserve it or not. Even when they're undeserving, we are obedient to God. Yeah. Amen. The Bible speaks about honoring the elderly. Yeah. Uh, the scripture says you stand up. I'm paraphrasing, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, standing in the presence of the elderly is a show of honor. That's so good. Um, you honor, obviously, your spouse. Yeah. That's biblical. We have to honor the governing authorities. Yeah. We have to uh, honor our pastors. Yes. They're worthy of double honor, the Bible yeah. says. So again, honor needs to be, it's a matter of the heart, yeah. right? So that you're able to honor in the different spheres where God is calling upon us to honor. Yeah. Um, man, I think this has been just a powerful conversation. I don't know if anybody else has anything to add, but Cameron, thank you so much for your time. Yes, And uh, incredible. really enjoyed the conversation. Pastor Carla. Yes, I, I just wanted to say that um, as a church, we, we acknowledge our, our volunteers and our staff. But this morning, I want to honor you and your wife and your children for the mm. work you're doing for your lives. I want to honor your senior pastors uh, for what you're doing. I want to honor each of you that, that are here. I may not know your names, but I honor you just because if, if the Lord was willing to pay the ultimate price for you, mm. that shows me that I have to honor you. and. Uh, we, we feel in, in the church and we practice that it's better to give honor than to receive honor. Yeah. And that's what we try to practice. So I just wanted to thank all of you this morning and I just wanted to honor you this morning. We thank you. Thank, thank you, you so guys. Much. Thank you guys. Um, speaking, of, uh, speaking of honor, I'll leave you guys with this. I've, I've shared this specifically with Pastor Dustin and uh, Pastor Steve. Uh, whenever I get invited to share with pastors, with leaders, I want you guys to know that I always share about Church 1132. And I share that story about Pastor Steve as founder and the transition to Pastor Dustin now. And uh, you guys are a testimony, at least wherever I go. And so thank you for inspiring us. Thank you for inspiring others, not just directly through what you guys are doing, but also through the story that we get to tell because you've inspired us, you've impacted us, and we thank God for Church 1132 thank and the entire team. And thank you guys for spending this week with us. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed being in the room with the leadership team at Vital Church. We pray that whatever takeaways you got from our time together will enrich your life, your leadership, and your spiritual walk. Remember to visit our website, vitalchurch.com, for all things Vital Church, and to follow this podcast so that you can join us for the next episode of In the Room.